The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Dropback Podcast. I'm sat in Joe's room, which is posing as the studio today. It is, and it's glorious. And there's no Matt either, again, because he's so inconsistent. A bit like the... Well, I was going to make a dolphin stroke, but they're consistently terrible. So, yeah. Get that out of your system. Yeah, might as well now. I mean, he's, he's not here to defend himself, and he never will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So we were at the London game this week, weren't we, Joe? It's pretty good. Pretty good game. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty spontaneous adventure. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was probably one of the better London games I've, I've been to, considering the crowd. The crowd was amazing. It was the most two-sided crowd I've ever seen at a London game. The fact that it had a lot of the percentage of the fans were actually panthers or bucks fans it made a really good atmosphere for the game yeah usually you get like a just a lot of mix of you know just general people who are there to see a london game but this this seemed like it was it it just seemed like there was an unhealthy amount of panthers fans for supposedly a bucks home game because every time they tried to start a panthers chant uh sorry a bucks chant they would just be overwhelmed by these adoring christian mccaffrey wearing Jersey wearing uh, motherfuckers. And Joe has no bitterness at all towards an American lady that was sitting right behind us, do you, Joe? Get a sack! <laughs> Get a sack! Fumble! <laughs> so we're not going to try and alienate any US listeners that could potentially be, I know, tuning into this podcast, are we, Joe? No, I mean, I, I don't know why you're here, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of options to choose from but you've chosen us so you deserve this yeah another time let's just you know let's go all in on the alienating americans today did you see what jarius wright said when he was interviewed by the athletic about the london games yes i did you, you did in fact tell me he said that's a quote but don't get me wrong it's good to see those london fans you can tell they really enjoy what's going on and if they left it there that would have been fine. It yeah. would have been fine. It would be a perfectly nice thing to say mm. in advance to a trip to London. But he says, most of them just really don't know what's going on. I would wholeheartedly disagree, considering at least 25% of the audience were, in fact, Americans, when it comes to it anyway, just coming down to see the game. So in that, you're wrong. Also, it's just most of the people who were there... Uh, especially the English fans are, are wearing retro jerseys from years ago that they'd clearly been supporting a team for you know like 20 plus years and and a lot of the the Bucks fans were saying that they've at least been around since the early 2000s when they won the Super Bowl so you know it's it's that's just a ridiculous statement, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's almost gone like, oh, they're English. We don't understand their sport, so they must not understand ours either. Yeah, it's just, he's a silly man. Yeah, and, but there was uh, that as well. And I saw a lot of American sites today when they were reviewing the games. It was a lot of, oh, and he brightened a gloomy London day or, oh, the grey London sky. You don't, you don't get any of that. Like It's just as gloomy in like Baltimore, Cleveland, Buffalo, those places. You never get that in their match day reviews. They just stick to the football. They don't go, ooh, is it London that shit on the weather? Yeah, but, I mean, the weather is pretty terrible, it to is, be fair, at the same time. We know, we know that already. Yeah, this is just the common England thing, isn't it? It's just, oh, look, the weather's bad. Nice. Well, make a new one, America. 
Yeah. <laughs> they did. It's called America. Yeah, it is. And it's a lot sunnier than here. So on the football side of things, the Panthers defense, which has been pretty underrated all year so far, has stepped up, sacked James Winston seven times. Now, a lot of that could be due to James Winston's seemingly non-existence pocket awareness. Mm. Uh, the defense played their part, certainly. Brian Burns is looking like a great, great pick for them. And Gerald McCoy, who played for the Bucks all those years, seemingly reveling in taking down Jameis Winston traitor. on a bunch of occasions. Absolute traitor. Um, like, yeah, like, like you said at the end of the I think Jameis Winston seemed to... I said this when we were there. He, he has this obsession with wanting to the, extend the play... And he, he always seems to do this. He spins out to his left and tries to throw it across his body. And it almost always just either sails to the ground or he gets sacked. And it's just like, oh, I get why you're trying to extend the play. I, I, I admire the, the passion. But every time you try and do that, like he's too focused with what's around him rather than just completing a, a nice, easy like check down pass or whatever. Yeah, on, after he threw a pick on the first play from scrimmage, you did turn oh, to me yeah. and you roll your eyes and go... It's going to be one of those Jameis days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's famously bad Jameis. <laughs> it's not quite as catchy. No, it's, it's not. I'll think of a better one. But, you know, it, it's, it's the tale of two Jameises, really. You either get Jameis who blows out the Rams or Jameis who throws five interceptions and uh, looks like a bit of a, a mess. But Yeah, so on the other side of the field, before we get into the whole Jameis... Winston situation the Bucks have found themselves in. Kyle Allen had a pretty good game again in relief for Cam Newton. He had 20 for 32, 200 plus yards and a couple of touchdowns. He still hasn't thrown a pick in all the, I think, five games that he's played. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn snazzy. I, um, obviously, God. So is he doing just enough or is he playing himself maybe into contention for a starting role if Cam gets fit again soon? I'd argue that there's nothing at the end of the day when Cam was playing you weren't winning games and Carl Allen's in here winning games so if Cam comes back there's an argument there to take that you know if he's not fully himself you'd be able to tell by the first time he steps into the game whether or not he's he's ready to take the baton over but I think I think just keep with the momentum and keep with Carl Allen, so to be honest. So if Cam gets fit, you stick with Kyle? I, I think so. I, well, that's just me. I, I know <laughs> that in reality they probably won't because it's Cam Newton and he's a couple of years detached from an MVP season. But it's just... Uh, well, luckily we don't have to make that decision. Yeah. Two other Rivera. tough decisions coming up. We talked about how Jameis Winston has been pitiful at times in his role as starting quarterback for the Bucks over the last fifth year now. Fifth year option he's playing on, same as Marcus Mariota. Jameis threw five picks, Mariota threw two and got benched for Ryan Tannehill. Either of them on the team next year? Um, I'm trying to think where they're going to end up picking because I can imagine Tennessee will still somehow... So you think it's dependent? If they think they can get a quarterback, they'll, they'll won't sign them. If they don't, what, you reckon they re-sign them? Hmm. It's a difficult one because I honestly don't think they'll be pick high enough to pick get a decent quarterback this year. Bar the likes, Dolphins will probably get Tua, and then unless you make a 
I don't know, like a trade for Josh Rosen in the hopes that he'll be good again or, well, good in general, or just prove that he, he has any talent. Or, like I said, I think Bucks might be able to snap together a few wins, but I think the Titans will are so inconsistently randomly good that I don't think they're going to get a good... Yeah, winning. they're going to screw themselves and not pick up like a Justin Herbert. Yeah, the or, thing is, they can't even just go, oh, we've got Ryan Tannehill. If we don't have a good quarterback, Tannehill's the same as yeah. Mariota. And so we'll stick with him because he's a free agent at the end of the year as well. So they are going to have a couple of decisions. Also, Titans posted on Twitter today. It's Monday at the point of recording. We're going to make a QB decision in 24 hours with like a big wow. showdown kind of thing. And to which Delaney Walker replied, why you got to post this on Twitter? This is why fans are the way they are. It's like sensation. <laughs> Keep that decision in-house and make a good press conference. Don't make it like an X-Factor kind of vote now kind of system. Oh, they should have done a vote now. That would have been way more interesting. Just they just put out a, yeah, like a poll just between Mariota and Tannehill. Just, it's just no one votes in it. I don't want either. I'm good. <laughs> Kaepernick. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll be a whole other story. But it's probably outdated. Um, just on the note of the, the London games, the Christian McCaffrey was on pace to break the scrimmage record going in, but he actually only finished the game with 57 scrimmage yards, which now puts him 40 yards behind CJ2K. Just what in terms of this point of the season? Yeah, interesting little tidbit, really, because uh, going into the the game, I, I was saying just about how McCaffrey is possibly one of the best players in football right now. But you do kind of see that sometimes in like, especially in the London game, the people not adjusting or just you know whether it's yeah, jet even, lag or just or even just regular games when people are like right, we're not going to let McCaffrey beat us. We're going to yeah. make Kyle Allen, who's still an inexperienced quarterback beat us with his arms and he did just enough today they, yeah. so the Bucks defence focused on McCaffrey and still weren't really good enough yeah that did seem like the one thing they were actually tight on every time McCaffrey got the ball except that obviously the one squimmage squimmage you know the one squimmage isn't a word I was trying to go for like the you know the, like the squiggly motion like his, he spun around he broke a few tackles got in the end zone you know typical McCaffrey stuff when he sat the guy just right on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, oh yeah, and Shaq Barrett. So led the led the league in sacks, and in the last two weeks he's got nout. Nine nine sacks in four weeks. So do you think this is something of a breakout player, and then defenses, offenses even start game planning for him more specifically? I think it's... Or just the roll of the dice, just one of those things. I think you can just sort of, especially with pass rushes, like you can just have a, a breakout performances for, for short periods of time. I remember I thought... Um, Who did he play for? <laughs> Edge rusher for the Ravens. God damn it. Of course it is. Judon? Yeah, it was Matt Judon. I was it actually? I, yeah, it was. Oh, I'm so good. Yeah, I know, but obviously it was Matt Judon that... Or was you it? Because you didn't get it, and you, it was I know, your player. I know. It's, it's the stupidest thing. But okay, So either way, it's just one of those things, few things in his like, few sacks, and you're like, wow, he's going to make it. It's just, it dries up. Sacks come in peaks and troughs. Yeah, probably. And well. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers then, I'm actually going to add them to my list of dead teams now. Oh. Yeah, I think there's too many good teams clamouring for that wildcard spot. I know they beat the Rams, but who look a bit iffy, but the Seahawks are 
or the Niners are probably going to get one of those. Are we saying? And then the other team from the NFC are probably going to get the other one. Okay. NFC North, even because obviously there's going to be another team from the NFC. So I don't think that ta- I don't think Jameis can win consistently enough. He's two and four now. What you're going to need? You're probably going to need about ten wins mm. to get a wild card in this NFC. Yeah, but if they finish like six and ten, are they still a dead team? Did they make the playoffs? Yeah. Are we just saying any team that doesn't make the playoffs is a dead team? Yes. Okay, well, the Bucks are a dead team, and okay. so are the Titans. You're going with the Titans now? Yeah, I mean, I haven't written them down as a dead team, but I'm going to go ahead and say that the Titans are definitely not making the playoffs this year. I, I think in that division, you've got, what, the Colts and you've got the Colts and the Texans. So. The Texans who can lose when they seemingly feel like it, although they were amazing this week. And yeah. the Colts, who, the question is, can Brissett win it when it's on him? Yeah, I mean, he did pretty well against the Chiefs. So, um, I also want to add the team that I should have added last week, um, the Falcons. Yeah. Who were just terrible on defense. Matt Ryan's not even having, a, again, not even having a bad year. This week, 30-36, 350-plus yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He, but he always How does can, that. He, also, he always does that. He, he threw for like 400 yards the other week and he still lost. It doesn't yeah. make any... Like is that on him or is that on the defence? His defence sucks. The defence does suck. And, and you know what? It's almost like they've got a defensive head coach. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> is it more of a matter of when, not if, Dan Quinn gets fired now? It seems every news source is like, mm, Dan Quinn's going to get fired. Well, but now Arthur Blank isn't quite talking about it yet. Yeah, but I imagine if they go... What are they on schedule? One on, one on four now? One on five? So they they've got one win against they're one and five one and five against your Eagles. I know that's so depressing that we lost to that trash team. But if they end the season on this pace, then what they're going to be? You know, three and it's fun trying to watch Joe do maths. Shut up! I, I absolutely I did maths A level. I just uh, don't have to do it anymore. So. <laughs> Three and thirteen, let's say. Then I imagine he would get fired. Yeah, yeah. but it just depends. You got yeah. anyone else you want to kill off? I want to. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I don't want to add or anyone else. Tell you off. I'm gonna. Can I retract? Someone? No, you killed him. They're dead. But I, I did it with the Vikings. They're dead. Oh. Once you kill someone, you can't bring them back to life. But I want There's to resurrect. to your actions, Joe. But I want to resurrect someone. Who would you have wanted to resurrect? I'll the, think about it. The Jets. No. Why? Because you can't do it. I was just wondering. Well, is that you just talking. because you're you're very salty because you now think the Jets aren't going to be dead either? I didn't pick the I, Jets. Well, I didn't even check that. But <laughs> <laughs> so you just accused me of something without even seeing if it was true. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted to put the charges in. Mm. I'm not re- quite ready to kill them, but they were bad last night. How do you lose to the Steelers teams? Yeah, with so the third, third choice QB. quarterback who was an undrafted free agent. Um, there is very little excuse for that. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty dismal performance. But I, I also think at the same time that I think the Chargers, when fully healthy, have They're a never chance. fully healthy. They are never fully healthy. That's <laughs> the thing every year. The people go, oh, the Chargers are stacked. When they're fully healthy, they're going to be great. They're never fully healthy. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as the Redskins. Actually, no, it's no, pretty bad. It doesn't matter if they're not as bad as the Redskins. Right, they're not as bad as 1-6. and six. They're 2-4. and four. Yeah. I mean... It's, Congratulations it's a to the Redskins, thing. by the way, for managing to win a game. Barely win against the freaking Dolphins. 
Who but, they almost lost to because Brian Flores is like, you know what, I'm going to try and win this game. Let's go for two. And then Kenny Drake goes, nah, I got you, Mr. GM. I'm going to drop this ball. <laughs> <laughs> Someone wants a job next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I commit Brian Flores for at least trying to win. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, it sucks, like, This is his it? shot at head coaching. You've got to hope he doesn't... Like, reputations go a long way in the NFL. You've got to hope he doesn't get tarnished with this. Yeah, but I think it's completely unfair to to even, you know, pin that on him. His, his whole roster is terrible. And you do, the worst thing is, this is what we were saying, it's like you don't know if they're even, like, if anyone is good because... Because the supporting, the, person the supporting cast is so terrible that you you can't tell if Josh Rosen is good. You can't tell if you know some like Preston Williams and you know some of the Caden uh, Balage, for example, if he's good because their offensive line sucks. So we we don't know. So like they could have good players, but who's going to and they're just going to draft two and have the same problem next year absolutely because what they're going to do oh two are just sit here be amazing but don't worry we'll go off you no protection no one to throw it to exactly have fun exactly I... especially when you look at the talent that Tua has around him in Alabama and this isn't to make Tua look any worse than he is or try and cut him down he's a fantastic player but you can't go from having amazing wide receivers and a solid O-line and a good run game to having nothing and be expected to put it all on your shoulders in your rookie year. And a lot of these like inflated stats from, from Tua this season have been... You, you see a lot of like three-yard completions go for like 40 yards after the catch and stuff just because their receivers are so good. At, like You can't... Hey, Devontae Parker caught a touchdown this week. Yeah, so preseason heroes... And it's not even September anymore. I know. Yeah, the rounds are pretty dead though, right? Or can they make a comeback? I think they might not make the playoffs, which is kind of concerning considering we all picked them for the playoffs because Slew had no bottle and decided to take away the 49ers. I know, I absolutely... No, I pussied out of it, lads. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, talking them up all off-season and they proved me right, but I didn't, I didn't back them up. And I yeah, should have done. because you have no bottle, son. Absolutely. I think... Uh, the interesting tidbit for you here: the Rams were zero and thirteen on third and fourth down. With Jared Goff, Goff had something like seventy-six passing yeah, yards, seventy-eight yards passing, which is just in a game. Very sad. Like no one does that. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. Actually, and no. that's straight in the battle because we've seen some pretty shoddy quarterbacks. I'm trying to think. There mu- yeah. I mean, there must be occasions, but off the yeah, top... Yeah, obviously, but I was thinking of Brandon Whedon. I thought Brandon Whedon had an absolute shocker of like a 38-yard game. Okay, so then we're on this situation and Compared. Jared Garth, <laughs> who was a quarterback, who played in the Super Bowl, who was just Thomas got a big old got an enormous contract, and we're like, hmm, maybe Brandon Whedon did what he just did? <laughs> <laughs> this could, this feat could only be topped by the saviour that is Brandon Whedon. Uh no. Commendations to um, Shanahan, though. He was missing his starting two tackles and Cal Juszczyk, who's an enormous part, yeah. of, part of his offense, and he still managed to wait, find a way to win. And the Rams aren't as good this year, but they're still a, they're not an e, they're not a rollover. No, definitely not. I mean, I think you've said this, you said this to me yesterday, but the way they've designed sort of their offense around Kittle 
and how explosive he is and just watching him run off. I love it. The only thing is the um, Jimmy G just throws some questionable balls at times. I was times. About to say, yeah, he... Is he the only thing that can stop the Niners winning? Because that fade in the end zone was like, what are you doing? Yeah, it just didn't make it. It's like, it's, oh, I can throw this way, but now I'm going to throw it up. I'll give my receiver a chance. about three defenders. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it doesn't... It's almost like he, he thought he had chemistry, which he just didn't. <laughs> just, he's like, yeah, I'll just... But it's not even like chemistry where there's, there's a back cut back um, shoulder fade and he's like right I know when this guy's going to turn and he's going to help play the defender he just threw it up for grabs it's, to it's, a not, it's not like it was to Kittle I think it was to Goodwin yeah, or yeah, Debo or, Samuel it was one of their smaller or, yeah or whatever but it was it was the same thing it, it just didn't make any sense he, but obviously like he came away looking alright I think the 49ers defence as well there's a good talking point and the fact that they're the second best in the league right now Joey Bosa and that D-line just looks amazing and Joey Bosa's only just healthy now I didn't even mean Joey Bosa I meant Nick my big man Nick but um, well Joey Bosa's good as well well we might as well yeah nice segue Joe good yeah. saving face <laughs> Nick Bosa though on the other hand yeah it's, he's bloody amazing um, after after what he did to Baker Mayfield oh yeah. They've been Still. building that D-line for a few years now and they've got that superstar now who's able to raise the game of all the others. Mm. I wonder what Sol- Solomon Thomas is doing. I haven't really looked at any stats for him, but has he turned out good? I don't know. He's just sort of fucking average. I think he's being stopper. overshadowed a little bit mm. by the better players on that. He was a third overall pick. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. You think Joe Bosa was a second? So, like, you basically... Well, like, I don't know, that's irrelevant because their D-line is actually really good. But, yeah, that was the main thing. Um, a few other takeaways, if we're, are we uh, naturally, yeah. So, like, Russell Wilson, MVP? I was about to say the exact same thing <laughs> to you, with the exact same, just MVP. <laughs> but yeah, he tore apart the Browns after, like, going behind, tw- I think it was 20 to 3. Yeah, I looked at that at the start and I was like, ha! Got my prediction right. Yeah, you you showboated way too early on yeah, that no, one. Absolutely messed it up. But yeah, I I think without. But if you look at just like six straight games with an hundred pass passer rating, hundred plus passer rating, mm. and without Russell Wilson, if we're actually going on most valuable player, what would the Seahawks be without Russell Wilson? I don't think they'd ever pass it. No, they wouldn't. And also. Did you see there was one drive where his headset went out? Oh, no. Um, this was when they were 20 to 18 down. Headset went out. and Kind of an important drive. They worked mm. it back. Russell Wilson starts calling the plays. Drives down the field. Touchdown. Are you saying Russell Wilson should call all the plays from now on? I'm saying they passed it and were a lot more efficient when Russell Wilson was doing it. Not going to say if I think that maybe Russell Wilson should do that more often, but... Yeah, he should definitely pass it on the one-yard line. <laughs> Because the Seahawks have never had any issues with passing when they should run or anything like that. No, probably not. No. Okay, moving. But the, but the point is, it's instead of... I'm not saying they should never run because Chris Carson's been really good this year when he's given the opportunity. Yeah. But running first, second, and then making Russell Wilson do it on third and eight. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying... The, yeah, I'm just... Mm. 
On the other side of that game, though, the Browns look trash again. Nice of them to take a week off from absolutely decimating you to be what we thought they were. Yeah, it's so annoying. We we constantly do this, and we 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 somehow. I mean, it was kind of garbage time, but we kept the Bengals game closer than it needed to be, and we just lost to the Browns, and the Browns looked trash again. The Browns' offensive line looked amazing against us, and now they look like trash men again. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes any sense. The world is a lie. That's what I'm saying. I I think uh, what Baker Mayfield's on fifty five percent pass. I'm not sure he's got eleven in the seasons. Yeah, uh, it, which comfortably leads the NFL because of course it does. Actually, no, no, I'm wrong. It's one ahead of Jameis Winston. Yeah, <laughs> great company there. Excellent. This is almost like the golf thing. It's like there's not really the company you want in that regard. Yeah. Also, no, but I saw an interesting interview earlier. I mean, it was an interview taken from early in the summer, just before the season started, and it was taken a lot of bitterness because it was by Bob Wiley, O-line coach, who was a hard knocks fame. You know, the big guy with the moustache. The big moustache man. Yeah, so he's come in saying, last season, Freddie Kitchens is not the reason that the Browns turned it around. That's why he was hired, because he came in as OC, turned the Browns around. But apparently... Ken Zampezi did mostly offensive coaching. Al Saunders did all the redstone planet, red zone planning. And Wiley himself did all the pass protections and run blocking schemes. Can I say something? Those are the areas the Browns are struggling in. And so you can yeah. take that with a pinch of salt. Maybe Kitchens did have a bit more to do with it. But it's not showing that now. Apparently, Baker liked Kitchens. Yeah, it's a little bit of... Uh... Do you think Baker has that much pull? Though, I think if you, you finally think... found your quarterback after 20-something years and you're Jimmy Haslam and you're like, yeah, I like Baker, then yes, I think he does. Yeah, but I also think you you can't just pick a, a head I'm not coach saying on that's the, the only reason, but it's probably a contributing factor and the fact of how badly It'll... the Browns' offense has been called this year. Like, look at them in the red zone. They've been terrible. Yeah. So far, they don't look creative at all down there. They've been running the ball with Chubb actually kind of well over the last few de- few games, but just for Seattle, up big at the half, just before the half in the red zone, start trying to pass it rather than I don't know letting Nick Chubb continue to run over them, and they turn the ball over, and that's the changing point of the game. Was that was that one week as well? They passed it four times in a row. I think that was the, against the Rams. Yeah, that was that was terrible. As well, yeah. I, and you've got such a talented back in Nick Chubb, who, despite the O line, just, just seems to be doing absolute bits. I don't. It's not even from a play calling point of view that Kitchens. He's so underqualified for this position. Doesn't have enough experience. There's too many times he goes into half time and full time with all three timeouts still intact. Yeah. That's not clock management. That's just hmm. Maybe my play calling will be enough. That's not Freddie Kitchens. I don't know what that mm, was. Maybe my play calling. It's about as good as Freddie Kitchens' his play calling. <laughs> he also fails to challenge plays when he should. You see all the time, there's like if he calls. Most coaches would challenge that because it swings momentum and all of that. But also the Browns are second in penalties. Under yeah. Kitchens because he's got this button-down, relaxed attitude. He's friend- friendly with all the players. And a terrible O-line. And a terrible O-line. But if penalties. you're that relaxed, you can't then you're not going to put out a disciplined football team. Yeah, that's very true. Last season, for all his faults, Greg Williams had them disciplined. I don't mention about that because that was different. That was years ago. (laughs) 
I wouldn't want to mess with Greg Williams, so they probably behaved. But yeah. Freddie Kitchens yeah. is one of the lads. All right. I also wouldn't want to mess with Greg Williams, but mostly because he'd probably just put a bounty on me. And you wouldn't want that? No. So you're not going to commit a penalty, are you, Joe? I've got weak knees. I'm very scared. Um, it's just ridiculous. There's 32 head coaching jobs and Kitchen's got one of them. He's not qualified for that. He's a nice guy, but he's not ready for it. Well, who would you who would you have in his stead? Oh, you've put me on the spot there. Yeah. Who else was interviewing you? They could have had Bruce Arians. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Well, it's turned out really well. They just well didn't in. interview him. Oh, he's done... He's, he hasn't done badly. Look at Godwin and Mike Evans. It's not his fault that Jameis decides, mm, there's a double-covered guy, single-covered guy on the other side, but I'm just going to power it the double-covered guy and hope it works. Oh, well, it's either that or the one-on-ones with cornerbacks where he throws it just either completely off the field. So what you're saying is Bruce Arians gets him one-on-ones. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians would have been... But we, we don't know... No, you didn't. You're right. You didn't know that at the time. But if you're in the building and what Bob Wiley says is partially true, is that not a red flag? Yeah. Yeah, but that's also someone who's could be just salty. Yeah. Yeah, to some extent. Absolutely. And they're looking for someone and to And I may be absolutely going in way too harsh on Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, because we don't know. Like At the end of the day, they, they completely smashed us. I'm hoping they smash a few more people, but only just... Or, just not you. Uh, they're probably going to beat us again. Like it just makes just makes the most sense in my head. It's just it's so Ravens of of us. To, that's so Ravens. That's so Ravens. Just playing down to your competition. We're basically the new Steelers. Well, the Steelers now can't even play down to their competition because they are down. They are down. Now they can only all they see is up. All they see is up. Um. Just one extra bit. Mm-hmm. This is why I was going to attract the Jets, but I'm apparently not allowed to do that. But You're not, because you kill somebody. You can't shoot someone defense, and be like, oh, I didn't mean that. Their defense looked fucking amazing. I'm looked good, didn't lie. it? Sam Darnold didn't look bad either. Yeah, Sam Darnold, mononucleosis, doesn't kill the man. He. Uh, it's funny pop- that your offense can sort of look competent again when you're not playing with Fork. Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, your first round investment actually paid off pretty decently um it's nice to see him throw for there's only the second time he's thrown for over 300 yards so far but you know um and also jamal adams is a beast i love him and he's starting to show he might be one of the best in the box safeties in the league oh, you shouldn't call them in the box safeties joe they don't get happy about that yeah but i'm saying when he's in the box he's pretty damn good whether or not he's in, in the box safety all the time. But he does like being in the box quite a lot. So maybe you should shut up. <laughs> but also, does this ease a little bit of the pressure on Adam Gase that may have been starting to build? Like you, get your, you get your quarterback back and suddenly your offense looks competent again. Dialed up a big old 92-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, that... Oh, God. I need to ask Matt about this because he'll probably say no. Adam Gase is, in Joe's words, a trash man. Yeah, but I don't think he's a trash man. No, as much just, as I'm not saying you others. think. Cough, Matt. Cough. <sighs> yeah, Matt. Matt would love to just go off on Gaze and his 
his uh, failure to build a team chemistry because everyone has to play the gays way and it's just you know at the end of the day maybe if you have people that bought into a system like the patriots do or what gays wants then you may win games unlike the dolphins yeah maybe but we'll just have to see um so the jets wins drop the cowboys to three and three Eagles also three and three after getting manhandled, battered, ripped apart by Minnesota. Yeah, and those two face off this week. Who high expectations for both of these teams coming into coming into the season? Both down to three and three. A lot of question marks. The Eagles don't look like they want to stop anyone throwing over the top. The Cowboys just look a bit iffy all over. Yeah. Who wins this one? I don't know. It's it's a weird one because I just think this division is a bit dead, to be honest. I'm, I mean, I can't add them to the dead list because by nature, someone has to make the playoffs. But... <laughs> i tell you what. It's almost... I'll, no, way. Well, I'm going to leave you a caveat here. I will let you add the whole division to the dead what? list and I will count it as a win for you if the team that makes the playoffs loses in the first round, if you want to do that. What do I gain from this? Pride. You need that. Mm, I do. I do, don't I? Yeah, let's do it. You'd add the NFC East. NFC East is in the dead list. With the caveat that if one team will, well, one team will win. Them. Yeah, the Giants are obviously going to win. And then if the Giants lose in the wildcard round, or even if it'll be the wildcard round, then you win that bet of such. Yeah, why not? I mean... I, I think if, I mean, the NFC East is just kind of like, uh, I can imagine a cesspool of squandering talent. It's just annoying because the Cowboys look so good. And then you realize when they start playing half decent teams that, well, and then the Jets. <laughs> are the Eagles, their faults are half decent. Yeah. It's just they think, oh, a double move. Let's bite solely on the first one play action that means it's a run let's let them run straight past us it doesn't help when you've got no corners no Ronald Darby Jalen Mills expected back in training this week probably won't play this week though no. Avante Maddox is week to weeks after like a nasty looking injury against the Packers and Cravon LeBlanc yes we're down to that point at this time with the Eagles corners could apparently LeBlanc apparently could be out until November he's got that lymphatic injury that Jalen Mills had Apparently less severe, but oh, not exactly contagious. what you want. Yeah, foot injuries are contagious, Joe. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson may be back for the Eagles, which is what they've missed over the last few days, few weeks. When you, without Deshaun Jackson, they have no deep game and yeah. it just squashes the entire field down. It means Zach Ertz can't operate in that space between the safeties and the linebackers. And it just, it throws a half the offensive playbook out of the window, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's definitely going to be important to get Deshaun Jackson back. But I also think, just in terms of the Eagles and Cowboys right now, um, I would probably take the Cowboys. Just Especially, they have got they may have Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins back this week. Yeah. And who uh, gets a pretty pitiful Eagles D-line. Well, your D-line's good against the run. It which, is. Which is, you know... Which helps against... The Cowboys. The Cowboys, but, but it looks like Amari Cooper might play, who torched us last year. And we, um, with play action to Zeke, everyone rushing downhill, Amari Cooper over the top. Yeah, and, you know, Jason Witten looks good. 
I think the Cowboys we saw in the first three weeks might that will probably work against your secondary right now. Just based I think on everything works against our secondary right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick with the Eagles just because as bad as Soulless the Eagles pride. have been in their losses, so have the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's true. I think... And because it's a close game, I'm going to pit the Eagles just through sheer favouritism. No other reason, to be honest. Yeah, that makes sense. If it's 50-50, I'm going to pit the Eagles. Obviously, but this division is dead and it's ripe for the taking for the Monarchs, that's what I'm saying. Nice, I forgot they were in that division. I forgot they existed. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to them in the off-season. And so the team that dismantled the Eagles, they're playing the Vikings. The Lions, their opponents, are playing tonight, so we don't really know what the Lions are yet. They've been good. They've They've been generally good, apart from that second half against... The Cardinals. Mm. The Lions have actually been reasonably solid this year. And seeing as though Kirk Cousins, only 6.9% of his throws, had a defender within one yard of the attended receiver. Isn't that a stat? That is a stat, by the definition of the word. Very weird stat to keep, but yes. And so the Lions, with a better defence than the Eagles, better defensive backs, Darius Slay should be back. Can they beat the Vikings? I'm going to say no. 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 Well, actually, no, sorry. I've actually completely muffed that. In fact... You're going to say yes. I'm going to say the Vikings lose to the Lions. I agree with you. Yeah, I think um, despite the fact they looked like they gained a passing threat, it was obviously against the Eagles, who are injury-ridden and generally can't cover... Um, if only the, there was a cornerback available for trade that wanted out that can play yeah, man-to-man. I can't think of any off the top no, of my head. Can't think of it. No. Oh, well. Anyway, um, but I think like their strongest suit is their defense, the Lions. Um, against Pat Mahomes, they held him to zero touchdowns, so I can't imagine Kirk Cousins will fare any better than that offense. Um <sighs> Also, Plus, I think I think their rush, rush defense is good enough to to handle Dalvin Cook. Well, the Eagles' rush defense pretty much bottled up Dalvin Cook. Yeah. There was one big play from Madison, but apart from that, the Eagles' rush defense played well again. And and unfortunately for the Vikings, both their receivers are now happy. They can't call Kirk Cousins out the week before the game, yeah. and then get thrown the ball to the whole time. Yeah, you, you. That's the only way you can get his attention. Is just call him out through the media. Him rinse him the week before and then hope that is actually true it was Adam Thielen rinsed him and then scored what twice and then and then Stefan Diggs rinsed him next week scored three touchdowns on my bench I'm so salty still you're not going to play him this week either are you I I, it's just me though it's like I, I played Will Fuller the week after benching him it's, I've swapped Stefan Diggs and Will Fuller and I'm just going to do the same and I'll start Stefan Diggs and then Will Fuller will have a massive game if they're not on a bye week they might be on a bye week but you know the point stands they're not on the bye week they're playing the Colts oh. which is our final preview game of the week of course looks they funny are. how that works yeah that's that, what a nice transition <laughs> that was totally intentional so will Will Fuller have a big game against the Colts Joe Costanzo fantasy owner I think, considering how inconsistent he is, possibly 
<laughs> that's not an answer. Yeah, but no one knows Will Fuller because he could have caught three touchdowns, but decided to ap- well, he put on a mediocre performance. Um, the week before he had 38 points. It doesn't make any sense. But regardless of fantasy, I'm going to say the Colts win this game. Oh, I'm going with the Texans. Oh, it'll be nice to argue with you. The one reason... Yeah? One big re- reason mm. is for the second week in a row, they managed to keep Deshaun Watson upright. Yeah, that that is a very good point. And he was able to get to his drop back and get the ball where it's supposed to go rather than escaping about four rushes yeah. and then hoping someone's open at that point. Despite the price they paid for Laramie Tunsil, and it was obviously a dear price, but it, it seems to have built some sort of... Uh, Semblance yeah. of competency. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a, a better chemistry in the O line in general. Like in the last two weeks, at least, um, Sean Watson is just a completely different quarterback. To be honest, um, but yeah, I, I he outdoors Mahomes this week. Like Wilson could be on a MVP path. Yeah, but I would also argue that um, they've had it relatively easy in terms of defenses in the last two weeks with the Falcons and the Chiefs. So now they're playing the Colts, who've got a better defence. Obviously not top tier, but it's manageable. Um, they struggled against the Jags. They And Brissett showed like an ability to effectively game manage against a high-octane offence in the Chiefs before. Brissett's been great, seeing as though he came yeah. into the season not realising he was going to be the starter. Yeah, and... Well, so he'll have hardly, he wouldn't have, he probably does, but he probably wouldn't have known the ins and outs of the offense as well as he should, like playing with the receivers yeah. as well. The chemistry. Exactly. And with a bye week, extra time to get to grips with being starter. I mean, you could say that as a backup, you should always be ready, but it's not the case. Yeah. I think Brissett has kind of come into his own this year, which is, which is good. Because, he cemented himself as an NFL starter. Yeah, he deserves to be. And, at the end of the day, I think if you're now behind one of the best, o- well, probably the best O-line in the league, then you have no real excuse. Imagine if Deshaun Watson was behind that Colts O-line. That would just be beautiful to watch. That's completely irrelevant. But, you know, the, the point stands. I think uh, Brissett will manage the game quite well. And I think it's going to be not very high scoring, surprisingly so. I think it's going to be We're a nice... thinking like 18-15? Less than that? No. More than that? I'm going to say... Exactly that? <laughs> I'm going to say... 15... To 18. <laughs> to 9. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. with the Colts shutting down? Shutting down. That's completely unfounded, but I, I predict Wilfer to drop three touchdowns and then settle for the field goals from those three drives and that's their nine points boom roasted maybe you should make more of an argument why the Texans should win huh <laughs> I thought I made my argument you've just absolutely put me in shock with just your animations there it's just weird you know luckily there's no video here otherwise this would be weird I mean I don't know how we really video this anyway we're just kind of standing in a room a messy just room for, for everyone to know uh, Slew's refused to take a seat and he's just sort of walking around with the mic. It's very disconcerting. And his socks are very strange as well. 
I thought I'd just point that out. Just in, if you've made it this far, you deserve to know that Slew's socks choice <laughs> is weird and makes me feel very uncomfortable. You get all the behind-the-scenes details that they drop. Yeah, we'll, we'll put them on the story. Just a picture of Slew's socks and a picture of my room. Let's not. I feel that <laughs> It's just a bit, uh, bit invasive. I, just, I, don't, I don't want to put a picture of your room anywhere, to be perfectly honest, Joe. Yeah, it's not even too bad. I've got plants. No, you can't take a picture of smell. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> That's unfounded. Untrue. You lie. Maybe sound convincing. <laughs> Maybe you should sound yeah, so more I convincing think, I think in your argument. Win this one. Um, there we go. They, they managed to stop a. They both actually managed to stop the Chiefs in the last couple of weeks, but Texans managed to outdraw Mahomes, who looked more healthy in this game, and he had Tyreek Hill back. Yeah, which is a huge weapon for them. It's good to see Tyreek Hill back and healthy, though, depending on whether he did it or not. In which case, it may be good to see him back and healthy. Yeah, I think it's weird though because it, it seems like any receiver on that Chiefs offense in Tyreek Hill's absence could have just had a huge game. Like Miko Hartman had that massive game. Obviously, Sammy Watkins had the huge week one. Um, Pringle. Like who who knew Pringle? I don't think Mahomes knew who Pringle was. Yeah, and he he had a huge game. Uh, what two weeks ago against the Colts? Yeah. Oh, it was indeed against the Colts. But uh, I mean, I think another point for the Colts is that T. Y. Hilton is should be fully healthy again now after a bye week. He yeah. came back the week before, played all right, looked a bit scared, but should be ready to go now. I still think the Texans are going to win it. I don't know why. I have slated the Texans many times in the past and will continue to do so. But I think this is a week that the Texans managed to grab a win. And on a final parting note, the 10-week countdown has officially begun for the Tua Bowl. The Tua Bowl? 10 weeks until the Bengals face the Dolphins. To decide. 10 weeks to decide. Maybe the worst NFL football team we've ever seen. <laughs> Ten weeks. I can't start wait. now. I'm quivering in my boots. I, I mean, I think personally, no team can beat the Dolph- Dolphins, and by beat I mean be worse than to the Dolphins. The Redskins tried their hardest and narrowly escaped with a victory. I think the Bengals. I honestly think the Bengals are going to beat the Ravens in the second game we play them because they always somehow manage to squeak at least one win out of out of other year. Don't kill the dream of the Tua Bowl now. Yeah. We're going to leave it there just as a festering light as you as your daily drudgery tries to wear you down. Just think it's out there and there's someone worse than you and, no and it's the Miami Dolphins. It. And on that note, it's the end of today's podcast. Woo. I've been Sam. I've been Joe. And make sure you follow us at thedropback.com Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at The Dropback and Facebook at The Dropback UK. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, good night and goodbye.